Yo, 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 good morning, Nashville. Good morning, Nashville. Peace to the city, peace to the planet. A new year, guys, 2022. This is the Black Man Ventu Podcast. Good morning. We are extremely, extremely ecstatic to be a part of you guys Monday morning, be a part of your listenership, and be a part of what kicks you guys year off and kicks you guys Monday off. My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Jumba. Nashville, 2022. My name is Leon Davis Jr. I go by L Doll, and I was just sitting at the crib uh, last year, right at the end of this year, and thinking about 2022. What you gonna do? So it's all about making doing, making new strides for yourself. You know, you don't wait till the new year to to say you're gonna do something new. But since we are in a new year, this is a chance for new beginnings, new direction, new focus, man. And just again, 2022. What you gonna do? So the Black Man Vent Two Podcast is trying to elevate our game, and we got a game changer for you today. We're excited, Nashville. Again, we um, just welcome you guys to a new year, man. It's 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 truly truly a, a a a pleasure, if you will, just to be able to be back on the platform in a new year, in a new setting, in a new season, as we always do on the Black Man Vent Two Podcast. Each and every month, we bring to you guys new season with uh, full of content different segments and just things to look forward to within our guest and we do have a great guest today um a guy coming from a, a psychological background gives us a little bit of a um, little bit of his information behind what abuse looks like in a black man so nashville to all of you guys this is the season that we will be talking about abuse in a black man nashville you've seen it amongst black men you've seen the verbal abuse that we've endured you've seen physical abuse you've seen abuse that we've caused others and we try to get right down to why we both endure so much abuse as well as try to uh output that same abuse um within our own culture and within within the world so nashville it's gonna be a great season it's a great episode for sure and we're excited um to just get you guys in on that pop yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, this is another thing that plagues our community. And then, and black men um, is a thing that we deal with sometimes, but it goes unnoticed. And even when I was looking up some information on abuse in black men, it it don't even come up. It, it, it was hard for me to find information on it. So that's something that is un, untold, I guess, and untalked about that much as far as uh, black males are concerned. But I guess when you're dealing with it, sometimes you might be dealing with abuse and not even know that you're dealing with it. You might be uh, handing some of it out and not even know that you're doing that. So hopefully we can bring some awareness to this uh, subject matter called abuse. And again, we have a guest this morning that's not our friend and not our (laughs) kin. And it's a guest that's (laughs) going to give us some great insight on this thing called abuse. Nashville, without further ado, we're bringing into you guys a new season, the Body Mass Index of Abuse in a Black Man with our special guest. Um, it's funny that, you know, Pops, he jokes about us bringing our friends and stuff. Well, he's our friend now, so we want yeah, to yeah. put that out there that he is yeah. our friend now. We had a great, great uh, time of talking with our uh, special guest today. And uh, just be tuning in, Nashville. You know, you guys have, have, have got on to us about bringing our loved ones and our friends <laughs> on. Yeah. Uh, so nonetheless, just just take a, a interesting look at our Facebook page and you'll see that we have a link that we post um, that'll get you guys directly to be able to apply to the show and be a part of the show as well. So make sure y'all click that link, guys. We don't want to just bring on everybody we love, but we try to love everybody we love. So (laughs) with that being said, Nashville, again, 
first episode of the new year guys are you excited because we are have yes. you heard a black man event today the body mass index of abuse and a black man with our special guest comes right here soon we won't even take a segment break nashville we're just gonna get right into the content and dive right into this new year nashville have you heard a black man event today Nashville, Nashville, how y'all doing this morning? I let my son start that off, but he usually does it. He he does a better job at that. So we get, we're just glad to be here in 2022. So I'm gonna say that. Yeah, he, he stole my he stole my shine from it. But good morning, <laughs> good morning, Nashville. Um, it's a new year, man. As yeah. we mentioned in our introductory segment, um, uh, before we brought into the content for the day, man, we want to thank you guys for joining the Black Man Ventu Podcast. A brand new year is what we've stepped in this Monday morning and we have great content, not only for you today, throughout this month, throughout this year. You may see a couple of hoodies walking around Nashville streets. You may see a couple of uh, different apparel uh, that we may try to push out as we get into the new year. We're excited, Nashville. The same energy that we had, um, you know, when we were just a little piece of leather, as I always say, in August, you know, we, we, we built that over time and built our audience, built our a platform and we're getting to a point now guys where we're, we're moving growing and, and and hopefully we're representing not only god but representing our black culture uh um, um as best as we can with the platform that we have so nashville again good morning to you guys this is again the black man venture podcast good morning new episode new season the body mass index of abuse nashville the body mass index of abuse and a black man with our special guest today we're excited to have him via zoom on the call and um pops man uh you want to let nashville know man how we ran into this, this yeah this guy? yeah yeah nashville first of all y'all have been ragging on us about having our friends and kins always on this show right so right. we got y'all this time we didn't yeah. even know this brother we met this brother via one of our other guests and him and his brother grew up together and we met uh met him through another guest so we don't even know this guy so y'all can't say that it's your friend and kin this time but we are he's a brother though so i guess you can tie that piece together right. but we're going to introduce to some and present to others this morning a brother by the name of langley shazer and he's going to get us into the content of our new season called uh, called abuse and a mm -hmm. black man. But first of all, Mr. Shangley Lang Lang uh, Langley Shazer, mm -hmm. how you doing this morning, brother? Oh man, it, it, I, I'm wonderful. It's a new year. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, and it's a pleasure to, to to kick the year off with poignant discussion. You yeah. know, what we talk often, and and you know, we talked offline briefly about yeah. being aware and how awareness is only part of the equation. Yes. Right. And so now that we can bring awareness, let's talk about some solutions while we're bringing up some, some things that are relatively taboo, uh, not only from a, a man's perspective, but from the black community. You know, we don't talk about mental health. We don't talk about being upset. We don't talk about emotional abuse. So it's good to be to be here and to, to start this year off talking about some things that we really need to you know, pay more attention to. Exactly. Well, man, before we get up and then tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your endeavors. Tell us about the thing that you're involved in right now and tell us about your future and then we'll dive off into the content. Oh my gosh, uh, you guys, you put me on the spot. 
Um, Langley Shazer, uh, I am the e-pastor, which means that uh, we have an e-campus, New Life Family Worship Church based out of New Jersey. Uh, I am the, the pastor of New Life International, kind of a play on words. So because of the pandemic, because of the way life is moving now, uh, we are trying to embrace this whole electronic congregation movement. Uh, so my role is to, you know, in a pastoral sense, is to make sure that I am communicating with everybody who does not show up in person on our campus, uh, as well as making sure that I can continue to provide them with content information, uplifting material, uh, along with pointing them back to our, our campus and our head pastor, Overseer Kaishan Mitchell, uh, as we can I'll obviously move into the opportunity to, to congregate physically. Yeah. I also uh, have my own podcast, as you guys know, uh, The Casual Word Radio, which is actually an extension of The Casual Word, which was a talk show that was just on YouTube. It was based on conversations that I was having with other young men and women uh, at the time. And I was like, man, you know, I I wish other people could hear this, this conversation and, and get what we're getting from it. And so God kind of spoke and was like, just put it out there. Uh, along with that, I've, I've published six books. My latest book is 40 Days and Nights Journey Through the Wilderness, which is actually an autobiographical chronicle of my three most prevalent wilderness encounters. And by the wilderness, I just mean that place of uncertainty, that place where you're not sure if God hears you, you're not sure if you're going to make it out, you're not sure how you're going to see through to the end. So I've had three encounters that really reshaped my life and changed the trajectory of where I was going. And so I write about that in this last book. Um, Along with that, we've also expanded the casual word to television. I'm on King Network TV. You can get that on your Roku, on your Fire Stick. Uh, and so you'll be able to get a, a bit more polished interviews and some other content on television. So I, I just thank God for the opportunity to continue to grow uh, and to be partnering with great, great content creators, uh, great organizations, great networks, and I continue to do what God's called me to do. Yeah, man. Hey, man. In other words, you are a busy young man. <laughs> yeah, we try to try to stay busy. I, I do a whole host of things that may not be ministry driven per se, but are also part of the kingdom uh, in terms of my, my role. I, I teach creative writing. I teach effective communication. I do workshops, seminars, speaking engagements. So uh, it's not just about uh, Christ in terms of the focal point of the conversation. I do a lot of things to practically help people become better and help our young men become better. Yes, yes. I saw one more thing on your uh, on your bio, man. Uh, life coach. What's that all about? <laughs> that that was uh, 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 graciously bestowed upon me by a gentleman that I'll be speaking with actually uh, in the upcoming week. Mm -hmm. um, I'd never considered myself a life coach, but looking back. Uh, with working with a lot of friends from uh, the Bristol, Virginia, Tennessee area, Tri-Cities, where I came from, uh, and even now here in the Caribbean, working with a lot of people, I guess I could consider myself that. Uh, and, and a life coach is, for me, in my experience, the life coach portion is how can we help you become the best version of yourself? And in doing so, how can we shed some of the things that are keeping you from getting to that, that point? Right. I, we know it's a journey and we know it's continual, right. uh, but there are going to be some some milestones, right? There are going to be some things to celebrate. So how do we get you from one area to the next area so that you can celebrate growth and then you move on to the next step? Right. 
Hey man, all, all of that, man, it just all of that is just some positive stuff, man, that we really need in our community, man. And, and that's when we're so glad that you accepted our invitation because we have an open invitation, man, to any brothers that want to come and share some positivity. That's what we're all about. We get enough negative, man. We don't, we're not trying to, we're not trying to embrace that. We're trying to embrace all the positive energy and positive, positive, uh, uh positive content that we can. So that's the reason we're so glad to have you on, man. Uh, one more, one more question. Do you have any kids and are you married? Uh, well, I'm divorced. Okay. Uh, well, let's be transparent. And, and I know that there's a stigma behind that, especially when it comes to the church and, and, and the Christian community. But, you know, the reality is that uh, even with the best intentions, things go awry. Oh, without a doubt. And so, and so it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, now, my, my kids, I, I have two children, a uh, boy and a girl. Uh, they have two different mothers. And, and they're not, obviously, neither of them are by my wife. They were long, long previous uh, relationships, but yes, I have two children, and and I I, I often say, as as we're getting into this, is that I, I want to leave a legacy that my kids can be proud of, yes. and people can be inspired by. You see, I'm not going. We we don't have that. That could be a whole nother podcast. But what you did, <laughs> you took a bad situation and you propelled from it, man, and making something good out of it. That's what you're doing, and you're not allowing that situation back there to stop you from going forward with, with what you're trying to do, man. So well, and I, I talk about that in my book. I apologize, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, it's important to mention that the, the, my second encounter in my book is specifically talking about my divorce because wow. it was something that I didn't prepare for. Uh, the first encounter I, it was a choice. I, I chose to walk away from the organizational religious faction that I was, I was, I was a part of. The second one, I just ended up there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it, it was it, it was one of the most pivotal points in my life because I, I can remember starkly looking in the mirror when all of the world was crumbling around me and saying to myself, OK, this can kill you or you can do something with it. Wow. Now, with that being said, we're going to jump right into the content. Yes. All of your experiences and you being a young black male, tell me some of the experiences that you can share with us, man, about abuse in a black man. So, man, <laughs> this this is it's so profound. And I, I thank you guys for allowing me to come on and talk about this, uh, because I think a lot of people look at the success, specifically my success, where I came from, small town, Virginia, Tennessee. Um, it's predominantly white. Right. So they see that there's a respect factor. They see that I've done some things. They see that there's been a lot of wins and a lot of things that have, that have happened but no one saw what I had to deal with to get there. Yeah. So when we talk about abuse, let's we can go ahead and talk about the yeah. proverbial glass ceiling. Yeah. Right. So there was a lot of times where I was the qualified individual. I was the person that they were coming to in a corporate manner. It's talking about my corporate world. Uh, I was the person they were coming to for the solutions but I wasn't the person getting the promotion. I wasn't the person getting the raise. I, I was the person having to train other people who were already coming in making, you know, double what I make. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I had all the responsibility, but none of the reward. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I'll tell you guys a quote that stuck with me. Uh, and I want to let everybody who's going to be listening to this later on understand that this is probably the most powerful thing that I live my life by currently. And, and at that point was be so good, they can't ignore you. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's really where a lot of that started for me was when I read that quote, I was like, okay, you know what? I may be the young black kid. 
-hmm. I, I may be the person that you don't want in your boardroom. I may be the person that you don't want as an engineer. I may be the person that you don't want in executive management. That All that is likely to be true. However, I am the person with the solution. Man, yeah. And, and that's really where a lot of that came from and a lot of the, the drive came from was like, okay, you know what? I know you don't want me at your table, but I'm gonna show you that I deserve a spot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and that was a hard place, young. You know, I'm 37 years old. So a lot of this started in my mid twenties mm -hmm. and you know, of course, you're trying to figure yourself out and you're trying to understand, like, what, what is my purpose in the world? Yeah. Uh, what do I do? And, and when you recognize that you have a calling higher than just entertaining yourself, now you've got something that's even more uh, exacerbated in terms of how you look at the world, because now you're saying I have a responsibility to do something for other people. Yeah. I have a responsibility to represent the entirety of the race and specifically the gender of the black male. How do I do that? Oh my goodness. Right? And, and then, and then it's, it's, how do I do that while I'm still trying to mature? Wow. Yeah. 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 You know? And so that was the hardest part when we talk about trying to, to create uh, a lane and an avenue mm -hmm. for success was I was still young. I was still, you know, I mean, still young, now, but you know, I was I was much younger then, and I was still irreverent, right? I, I was still a hooligan, mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to balance a lifestyle that the reality is I enjoyed, mm -hmm. right? I, I I enjoyed the street, I enjoyed being a hooligan, I enjoyed running women, I enjoyed the partying, like I liked it, yeah. right? And so I'm trying to say, okay, I, I love all of this stuff, mm -hmm. but I still have to to be an example to someone. Mm -hmm. right? And so the, the kicker was before I really got to a place where I started to physically engage with other people younger than myself and colleagues, mm -hmm. it was the, the realization that I'm supposed to be better, but I don't know for who. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I got you, man. Mm -hmm. I got you. So like you said, once you, okay, so once you figured out that I'm going to be better for who, who was the first who? that you figured out that I need to be better for? Me. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Me, right? It had to start internally. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it even though being better for me was under the wrong pretenses, right? Because I wanted to prove my Caucasian counterparts that I was as good as them. I wanted to prove that I deserve a spot. I wanted to prove, to so it was always about proving something to someone. You know, I spent a lot of time coming out of high school being told that, yeah, you're smart. Yeah, you're athletic, but you're never going to be anything. Why? Because I was a hooligan, mm. right? So it was this entire, and even when I started trying to make the transition, I always had people telling me I was never going to be good enough, mm. right? And so there was this part of my mind where I was like, oh, F that, I'll show you. <laughs> right, right, right. So e right. even though the results may have said, yeah, he did it, I did it with the wrong mentality. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so... so Go ahead. No, uh, so what I was going to say, so once you arrived at that point, you saw the the fruit of your labor, but you still weren't satisfied, though. I, not, not even close. And, and it wasn't just that I wasn't satisfied because I wasn't where I thought I should be. I knew, looking back now, the other void that I felt was the dissatisfaction because I wasn't doing it in the right way. Right. And so it's not about... You know, I wasn't unethical and, and I wasn't immoral, but my 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 main motivating driver 
was proof. My main motivating driver was to say, guess what? You know, Caucasian man, guess what? I, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Yeah. And, and what he ended up doing was, I might have showed them, but the reality is, they didn't care, mm. right? And so I was, I was, I was striving. I was striving for a notoriety that I would never attain because they didn't care whether I was good or not. Mm. Right? And so I had to reevaluate what what does it mean to be successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had to reevaluate that because my my version of success was proving the white man wrong. Yeah. But the reality is the white man doesn't care. They don't. They don't. They don't. Okay, let's just let's just call it what it is. And, and some of you guys, you know, may be upset about what I'm saying right now. But this is the life that I live. This is experiential. This is not just me looking at this from a historical uh, place or looking at this from out the outside watching the news. This is what I dealt with. So I want everybody to understand as we go forward, I talk about these things was this was a very real thing. I dealt with racism. I dealt with prejudice. I dealt with being told that I couldn't be good enough. I dealt with being called boy in the workplace, even though I was just as smart, capable and driven as everybody else. I was the one person being left behind. Wow. Yeah. So, so a lot of that abuse comes from the 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 other um what i want to say the other culture in the in the workforce but i hear you saying this also some of the abuse was internal like you were absolutely to yourself you know what i'm saying absolutely and 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 that's the hardest part to to reconcile is to realize that it's not it's not just the black card Right, right. So often, how many of us have this conversation, and you've got your 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 brother, and and you've got your homeboy, whatever, and it's the black card. Oh, they don't like me because I'm black. They don't do this because I'm black. Because I'm black. Okay, but there's an accountability portion. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you present yourself? How do you dress? Mm-hmm. How do you communicate? Come on. Right. And so there was a part of me that even though the racism and the prejudice was real there was a part that was internal mm-hmm. and it, it was it was this this struggle and this conflict with am i selling myself out by becoming i don't want to say what they want but by becoming something that they respect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right because that was something that I, I grew up with that in high school especially was this identity crisis and i talk about this often was growing up, I was blessed to be intelligent. And so I was in accelerated classes. I was in accelerated curriculums. So because of, of my intelligence, and and I want to, I've always talked this way, always. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is not something that was like, oh, you think you're very else? I've always talked like this. So because right. of how I carried myself, I was too smart for the black kids growing up. All my classmates, all of my classmates up until like my junior year of high school from third grade were Caucasian. Same like 13 or 14 kids, right? So the only the only uh, experience I had with friendship for the most part was with my Caucasian counterparts because that's who I was in class with every day. Right. The problem with that was I was black. Mm-hmm. So no matter how, how smart I was, I still couldn't hang out with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spent an entire life, uh, entire life in this identity crisis where what am I supposed to be because I'm not accepted anywhere? Wow. Wow. You know, and, and I know that that may be 
a, a semi-unique story in terms of just just where I grew up and how I grew up and the things that I was blessed to have and experience. But I don't think it's dissimilar from anybody who's trying to figure out where they fit in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? And, and so the the so when you look at the experience and you say, okay, now I'm in the corporate world. Now I'm trying to grow up and be a man. I'm trying to grow up and be an adult. Uh, but I, I've had this experience and now and now, right, you are now propagating that same experience because you're telling me that no matter what I do, I'm still not one of you. Wow. Yeah. 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 No. So, so there's an internal struggle with like, well, who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? Because it seems like nothing that I'm attempting is getting me anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that that's some that's that's deep, man. And I was just sitting here thinking again because we on we on abuse. So a lot of the abuse is internal. Mm-hmm. Listening to what you're saying growing up. <laughs> kind of equated to some of the things that I dealt with and I'm a little bit older than you but I, I I really get it growing up in a white society predominantly white high school my my high school was like 80 percent Caucasian you know what I'm saying so it was always like you was outnumbered but this thing I just heard you say and I'm talking about abuse again some of the abuse not only comes internal but it comes from our own people man when we're trying to excel and then we get abused by our own people for trying to excel. You know what I'm saying? And it's sad because you want to identify with your people and make your people talk about us, make our people proud of us. But then when we start excelling, they're not proud of us because they they like we trying to get away from them. No, I'm not trying to get away from you. I'm trying to do something so I can help you. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's such, that's such a unique pers- per- perspective because that's the reality, right? Uh, I, I gave just recently, well, I don't want to say recently, uh, last year, I, I sat on a panel and I, I did a presentation on internalized oppression. Mm-hmm. Mm. And to your point about the, the abuse being internal, uh, the, the, the crux of the presentation was if you are told for so long a particular thing, you begin to believe that about yourself. Man, yeah. that's real. That right? is Man, yes. And, and so we talked about uh, not to delve so far, and there's tons of people who, who talk about the historical significance of the oppression that we have experienced mm-hmm. psychologically, the media, all these things that have played into us now doing the job for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to your point about, you know, the African-American who's trying to excel, but being pulled down by their own people in their culture, don't realize that they are now perpetuating the same psychological abuse that we have had to endure for the last 500 years. Oh, my right. goodness, man. That's, oh. that's what you let me let me let me dive in real quick. I got I got to tag myself in this wrestling match. You're talking about, but, <laughs> um, it, it, that kind of ties into understanding how you know just life is different i think for every black male individual you know um i in terms of you and my pops you know you guys were in a high school where it were predominantly white people i was in a high school where it was predominantly black people every floor every corner around every lunch table i see somebody that may look just like me and the thing that you find with that is i may have in my high school been in more of an accepting environment because there's people around me that I'm able to relate to versus you, Mr. Langley, you were in an environment where every every time that you looked around, you always had that notion in your head that it's like, you know, somebody 
here is talking about me. Somebody here don't like me. Somebody, here, and it's all because of the color of your skin. It ain't nothing that had to do with you um, saying anything out of your mouth per se. But it's just that stereotype that we get that we get from from being just in the skin that we're in, man. And just been hearing you talk, man. I wanted to uh, tap in with you uh, with one of your episodes that you had on your podcast. I checked you guys out in Nashville again. Make sure you guys check out Mr. Oh, Langley yeah. Yeah. and his podcast uh, with the casual yeah, word, man. Yeah. It's a great one. But check out one of his uh, podcasts. It was a roundtable talk. And one of the guys uh, was mentioning uh, an analogy. He brought up an analogy where he was talking about how when you're looking at a river versus a pond, you look at a river, and in the river you're seeing, you know, the blue water. You're seeing all the different colored fish. You're seeing the coral reefs. You're seeing just the the oasis and everything that just provides the entity of a beautiful picture of a flowing river. Said I let to say he he gave his analogy of um, essentially talking about how you move through something versus being stagnant. Yes. Look at a pond. A pond. Not that pleasant to the eye. Upon he said, may have a three-headed fish in there. You know, you just <laughs> never know what's going on in a pond. Yeah. You know, so when you're talking about a river, everything's flowing, everything looks good. So tying all that into abuse, um, the abuse of the black man. There's various types of abuse: verbal abuse, physical abuse, mm-hmm. emotional, spiritual. We've seen it mm-hmm. in our culture. You know, in many different types of ways. I wanted to tie that analogy in to your if you don't mind because we are a transparent podcast to your divorce um when you were going through that motion if you will where it points were there points in your marriage and even in the divorce process where you felt like you were stagnant where you felt at that point where you was like man i don't know whether to turn left or right and then you just had a problem with finding that flow and refining that all due to the the uh, a culmination of just the the abuse if there was abuse thereof in that relationship how were you able essentially to not be stagnant in that relationship in that moment and finding ways to continue to flow throughout the rest of your life man terrific question it, it was it was a unique experience because there were several factors at play um, i was coming into my own in ministry and trying to represent what i thought was you know, the epitome of having a godly marriage and, you know, uh, one that's based in Christ and whatnot. And so the stagnation came initially when I thought, man, I, I shouldn't be getting divorced, right? This, just that initial thought was, okay, I, the, the church is going to lose their minds. I'm going to be shunned. I'm going to be, uh, you know, downplayed. I'm going to be ostracized, whatever it looks like, because I'm getting divorced, right? Because you're supposed to stay married no matter what. Uh, so initially it was, okay, I have to figure out how to make it work. Mm. And in, in trying to figure out how to make it work, I put myself under more abuse right willing abuse not only from the other person but myself stress uh what am i supposed to do different i'm I'm, there's a lack of communication here so how am i supposed to figure out what's going on if i can't get the other person to talk to me so there's all these things swirling around that were literally self-imposed abuse for two reasons one because i was trying to figure out how to fix something that shouldn't have been fixed Mm -hmm. looking back but secondly i was trying to appease an ideology that was not entirely practical to my situation. Come on, man. That makes Come on. Yes. Right. Sir. And yes. so the abuse came from me internalizing 
what I thought I should be doing mm. instead of observing and then moving in the way that I knew I should in order to move on to the next level, right? So the, the stagnation came because I thought that I was going to be shunned and everyone was going to look down on me because of the position and because of the videos and because of what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm. So, you know, it, it was this moment where I was like, okay, I've got to figure it out. I got to sit here. Yeah. And the stagnation to, to you found my boy Chesco to his point about the three headed fish, the stagnation multiplied the internal abuse. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Because I sat there and not only was being abused externally, but because of the external abuse, and then because of the internal oppression, mm -hmm. I, I was I was now paralyzed to move. Mm -hmm. right? So the abuse created a paralysis that that allowed me to stay being abused. Wow, man! And you know what I just thought wow. about when you said a wow. three-headed fish? That stagnation caused an unnatural occurrence, man. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. It caused the because that's not natural for to see a three-headed fish. You know what I'm saying? But stuff like that can happen when we stay in a situation that we're really not supposed to be in, and we just allow it to keep happening, like you said, because of outside pressures, because of what people gonna say, because of what my 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 church family gonna say, even even my immediate family, what they gonna say. And then I find myself, like you said, hey, wow, that's crazy. Trying to make something that's work, trying to make something work that's really unworkable. I think too, though, man, it's 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 honestly, uh, Mr. Langley, you said it earlier, a level of perception, and mm -hmm. and I've mentioned that so many times mm -hmm. on our podcast because what may look uh, dark blue to me may look indigo to my dad, right? You know, and it's just, it's, it's that thing, you know, we may see things in in the same color but in different shades, if that makes sense, you know. I think it's, it's interesting to have the different perspective because in what way may you say that you're being stagnant how do you tell the next black man that they feel like they just being patient what what I see what you're doing I see what you're doing right now all right all right um, and, and that's a beautiful point because from a physiological perspective no two people can see the same event the same way Right. Yeah. Right. So, so there's definitely a level of subjectivity to everything that's happening on a personal scale and a personal perspective. To to the man who may just be being patient, I, I think what you have to do uh, is look at not only what's occurring. So let me let me let me pause right here and and kind of extrapolate. There is a level of expectation. Human beings, we create expectation of other people. The problem with expectation is no matter what's actually happening, you will only see the other person through the lens of your expectation. Mm. Yeah. Right? And so what we have to do is remove the expectation and purely observe what's going on. Uh, so, so for me, the observation was this situation was no longer tenable. And I have to get myself out because it's going to kill one of us. Right. right? right. Period. Right. Mm -hmm. For the man who's being patient, if the observation of the occurrences lends itself to say there's hope and she's working on it or he's working on it, 
right? Whatever the case is, the spouse, the other party, they're making an attempt. Well, then because of the commitment that you placed on the relationship, it behooves you to support, right, the, the journey. Yeah. Right. I tell friends this all the time. Mm-hmm. They come to me and they say, man, you know, I don't know if I can put up with X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever's going on, whatever's happening in that relationship, marriages, and just, you know, regular girlfriend, boyfriend things, right? And so I, when they talk to me about it, and I say, okay, uh, we're analyzing what's happening, we're analyzing what, what the situation is. If you decide that you want to stick it out, well, you have two things that are now prerequisites. You can no longer be upset about a behavior that you're choosing to endure. Mm, yeah. And yeah. you now have a responsibility to help that person through that situation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so for the man who, who's just being patient, you have to observe what's actually happening and say, okay, am I going to help this person who's trying to help themselves do something? And if so, I can no longer complain about what's actually happening in terms of the symptom, right? Because we recognize that most behaviors are a symptom of something deeper. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you say, okay, I'm gonna figure this out with you, you really can't turn around and be like, ah, you know what? I can't do this anymore because of X, Y, and Z. You, you chose to stay there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? Uh, and so I think to answer your question long-winded, but I think it deserves uh, a, a, an understanding is, you have to, as the individual, look at your situation, look at what's happening within your relationship, friendship, your workplace, whatever, and determine whether or not what's occurring as you as you see it, as you observe it, is going to hinder your growth and your progress, or if it's supposed to be something for your growth and your progress. Yeah. But only you will know that, right? And that, that's discernment, that's prayer. You know, I can't really answer that because that is something that is individual in terms of what the situation is but i think that we have to look at those whatever is going on and say okay is this is this going to be for my good mm-hmm. and that's really that's that, that's really i don't want to say misspeaking on that because everything is for your good but there's going to be some immediate things that are like okay you know what i have to get away mm-hmm. for this to be for my good mm-hmm. or there's some things that I have to endure yeah. for this for my good. Yeah. But only the person in the situation through prayer, through fasting, through understanding is and is going to have that discernment. Right. You know, so there's really no, there's no cookie cutter there's no cookie cutter solution right. for that. But I think if you're if you're in prayer, if you're in if you're fasting, if you're looking, if you're observing objectively, now a lot of people don't want to use that word objective, but that's the reality. Like you've got to take yourself out of the equation. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you can see what's actually going on. Right. Wow, right. Hey, Amen. That was good. That was good. Nashville, again, we want to thank you guys for joining us in this first part uh, segment of our new season, our new um, episode that we got going on the Body Mass Index of Abuse and a Black Man with our special guest, Mr. Langley Shazer. Uh, as we always do, Nashville, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls, a good segment break that we're going to give you guys, and we'll get right back into the content for today, for this new year. Nashville, have you heard a black man been today? Stick with us for the content coming soon.
Thank you, Nashville. Thank you again uh, for tuning in to us. This is your favorite podcast this morning, the Black Man Vent 2 podcast. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vent today? Um, Happy new to you guys again. If you guys are just not joining us, we're into the second half of the Body Mass Index of Abuse in a Black Man with our special guest, Mr. Langley Shazer. And we want to thank him again for his time. And let's just dive back into the content for the day, Nashville, again. Have you heard a Black man vent today? Mr. Shazer, man, um, a quick uh, question I wanted to ask you, man. I had a conversation with uh, my dad off air. And I wanted to bring to your attention, just kind of reflect back amongst those uh, years of you being particularly my age, I say uh, age 26, I'm 26 years old, and man, I wanted to roll the clock back to that era, if you will. When we're talking about abuse, um, you know, the mental abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, that typically is faced at any age, you know, respectfully in any era, but as you mentioned, I believe in the first part of our um, episode that you receive much more of a heightened form of, of, of a lot of different things in between that 18 to 25 era. You know, you're trying to find yourself, trying to find your groove, find your niche, your purpose, who are you versus the other people that are around you, that type of deal. Said all that to say, man, at that age and around that age that you were, when we're talking about abuse, you mentioned how in high school, you know, you were predominantly surrounded by um the caucasian community you know and how you had to adapt to that what other adaptations did you have to endure while still being a young man trying to find out who you are in terms of the abuse factor and and everything that goes on with abuse man it man (laughs) that's a great question i i love the question you guys are asking this is just definitely uh, something that makes me kind of turn the clock back, as you said. Uh, at, at that time, the 1825, the, the one thing, and again, I will say that my, my experience was slightly unique because of not only the intellect and things, but I, I at that time, was a highly respected athlete. Okay. okay so, uh, you know, I, I came in, I was ultra fast, hard-hitting football player, track, basketball, you know, just athletic specimen. Right. So some of the respect that I, I got was because, uh, you know, I, I could possibly lead us to a championship or, or whatever. Or, you know, I, I did have a lot of scholarship offers after my freshman year of high school. So there was a time where there was some superficial camaraderie because the the the, the rest of the community knew what the chances were with me on the field or on the court or on the track. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Right? So, so I didn't realize the facade of that till much later on in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess what, what made that unique for me was because it put me in a position, you talked about how do I had to adapt I had to realize very quickly that I was a role model much sooner than I would have cared to have been. Mm, mm, right? mm. Uh, because of the accolades from sports, papers were talking to me, people were talking to me, you know, I, young younger kids knew who I was. Uh, and so from a, a, a very unique, again, perspective for me, it was I had to kind of tighten up way earlier than a lot of people would have simply because there were already a lot of eyes on me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, I, and I thank my parents for keeping me in check uh, because, you know, again, being a young black man in that time frame, in that society, in that city, uh, you know, they really helped me understand, like, listen, you may not want this, but this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I didn't fail a lot of times at being a role model, not that I didn't fail at being an upstanding classmate, not that I didn't fail at being an upstanding um, partner with when it came to, um, you know, athletics, not that I didn't fail at being an upstanding student. I messed up a whole lot. But for me, the adaptation was realizing really early that a lot of people were watching me all the time. Uh, And then of course, with that comes the unfortunate understanding that a lot of people are hoping I'm gonna mess up. Yeah, and be a statistic. Yeah. Man, come yeah. on, man, come yeah. on. I, I, yeah. Hey, I've shared this with my son, man, and uh, it's sad. It's really sad, but that's just sometimes the way things are. But you know, when you have it per se, other people think you got it going on because you got both parents and you seemingly are financially stable to the point where you eat every night, your bills are paid, whatever. And I try to share with my son that sometimes even people in your family, and this is, I'm just being real, we transparent. Some even people in your family, not only outside culture, not outside culture, but outside members of our community, but even people in your immediate family, what you just said, are waiting for you to fall. They absolutely, and, they, 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 and so that's a lot of pressure, man. That's a lot of pressure, man. Well, a lot of people live vicariously through you or through another person, right? So when you look at your family, especially, uh, you know, you got the uncle or the cousin who shoulda, woulda, coulda, but didn't for whatever reason, right? They're living vicariously through you, and now because you're seeing the success that they thought they should have received, mm-hmm. now it's a problem, right? There, it's not support, it's an issue. Come on, come right? on. So now you talk about the, the familial portion of the abuse because now you're dealing with a family member who should have your back because you already experienced this. You know what I'm going through. You could have been there. It's not my fault, I'm younger than you are. However, now for whatever reason, you think that I don't deserve it because you didn't make it. Right. Right, right. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. So, 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 let me ask you this: You being in the position you in, now you know me. You talked about a little bit. I don't want to dive off too bad, too too deep off in it. But when you think about the trauma that black men have received over the centuries, over generations, Mm -hmm. talking about even going back to slave master mentality, where they used to buck break uh, young black men. And I know if you don't know what buck breaking is, we don't have time to get off into that, but it was not a pretty sight when they buck broke a dude in front of the community. Or even things like the Willie Lynch letter. Some people say that's fictional. Now, if you read it, you'll find out how real it really is. You know what I'm saying? And then you talk, about, you talk about all of that, and then you talk about your trauma, and all of that stuff is in us, man. So how do we, knowing that, knowing our DNA from generations back, how do we get past it, man? How do we get past it? Man, again, a terrific question. It, it's multifaceted, as I think you all know 
uh, and anybody who's going to be listening to this is going to be aware it is multifaceted, but it starts with a choice. Mm-hmm. And really that's what it comes down to at, at, at the fundamental core is uh, not, it's again, it's not to pat myself on the back, but I, I, I recall when I said, okay, is this going to be who I am? Mm-hmm. And I made a choice. Yeah, it could have been, it could have defined me. I say all the time, your past shapes you, but doesn't define you, but it will define you if you allow it. You allow it, yes sir. Right. So, so, so to break the cycle, we have to choose to be better. That's the first, that's the first step. You have to say consciously, cognitively, I do not want this for myself. That's the hardest decision half the time, man. You know, that that's really, that's the, that's always going to be the toughest. And you know why it's tough is because it requires accountability. Yes. Yeah. That's why that, that, that's why that decision is tough. See, this is the issue. And we're just going to call it, like you said, talk about transparency. This is the issue and the issue that I take with, a lot of the things that I see in the African-American community, especially with black men, is it's easy to point the finger at someone else, mm-hmm. right? Anytime something's going wrong, anytime something's happening, anytime you're being, uh, you know, abused, anytime something's going on, you know, anytime all these things that are having a negative impact on your life are occurring, you always want to look to someone else. Oh, it's this person's fault. Oh, it's the man. It's something else. Nah, brother, hold on a second. It might be you. It might be you, man. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. right? And, and so, you know, I, I'm a nerd. And, and so one thing that I, I, I'll never forget, right, is uh, Spock one time in one of the Star Treks was like, you know, when you move, when you remove um, the impossible, right, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be a truth. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and, and, and I say that because when you can look at a situation and remove the outside influence and remove all the other things that you think are happening, what's left is you. Right. And so the thing that people don't want to think about, especially black men, because of a lot of reasons, I wish we had more time to get into that um, from society to welfare to a whole lot of things. The reason that we struggle so much is because we have this innate defense mechanism where we think that we are owed something because of what's transpired while not allowing ourselves to grow enough to reshape our future, right? So we we keep wanting our past to be redeemed instead of just looking toward a future that we can be proud of. And so with the black man, it's like, oh, okay, well, it's always X, Y, and Z, something else outside of me. However, if you continue to have the same things happen at your job, at your relationships, with your family, with your kids, you are a common denominator. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. You the one can make the change, exactly. It's funny, Mr. Shazer, you you mentioned on one, on that the, the episode that I listened to, man, you talking about when in the morning and one of your guys, uh, when you're talking about um, self and accountability, mm-hmm. and um, how did he say it? He said that um, you spend too much, people in general, spend too much time looking out the window instead of looking in the mirror. I was like, uh-huh. yes, yeah, so that's, um, <laughs> I, I'll never forget when that, when that, when that came to me, um, a dear friend of mine, Christina Humphreys, we were ha- out having lunch when I came up with that quote. 
and uh, it was just in conversation. And we, she and I were talking about just like life in general yeah. and, and the perception of life. And that and that's really what it comes to. You know, that's a very colloquial and unique way to say it. But that's the reality, mm-hmm. right? We're always looking outside and never looking inside. Mm-hmm. 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 Because it's, it's easier, right? It's easier. Right. It right. takes less effort. It, it takes less work. It takes uh, less accountability, right? It takes less courage. Let's call it what it is, right? It takes courage to look at yourself and be like, man, you know what? I'm kind of a sleazeball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know what? Yeah. And what you just said, yeah. a lot of us, particularly what we talking about now, black males don't want to call yourself that. And you know, but for different reasons, I understand that because I'm an older, older than you two guys, but still I understand, man, what went on in my history. But you know what? I understand all of that. I understand where we came from. But like you said, it didn't stop me, man. And I just thank God for that. But we got brothers out here that sometimes they do allow that to stop them, man. So brothers like you two and myself, we have to keep on encouraging these brothers, man. But these brothers have to, like you said, make the choice. So once they make the choice, man, then it's all about staying committed to the choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's just like a marriage. Once I got married 26 years ago, I was committed. I'm like, okay, I'm in this thing to win it because I'm not trying to do this no more. I said it on a couple podcasts ago. I'm a one hit wonder. This is all I got. You know what I'm saying? This is all I got. <laughs> you know, and, and you bring up a great point. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It's consistency. Mm-hmm. You talk about that. You talk about the win my win the morning call, right? The one thing that we talk about more than anything else is showing up. Mm-hmm. You, you show up every day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're sick, you're tired, you're upset, whatever. We can work through whatever you're going through, but we can't if you don't show up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so for, for what you said, it's when you decide, and I talked about this on one of my live videos for anybody else, we're just going to plug this in. I, I go live on Facebook five days a week. One of my videos I talked about was turning the, turning the corner on yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what that means is when you make a decision and you draw that demarcation line, that line in the sand that says, I am no longer going to be this old person. All you have to do is keep walking away from that person. Man, woo. It's the consistency of showing up every day knowing I am not going to be who I was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, when you choose to walk away from this person, you're going to have to walk away from some other person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes people don't want to do that. And I'm going to be transparent about me. When I I used to smoke... You know, I smoke like uh, uh, like Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg didn't have nothing on me. You know what I'm saying? But when I made that decision to stop because I wanted better for him. So I wanted better for my other son. I wanted better for my wife. So I said, okay, I got to walk away from that dude. But guess what? Those persons that used to supply me started knocking on my door. I'm talking about they knew where I live. They started knocking on my door. But you know what I started doing? I started saying, I just thought, <laughs> what, Nancy Reagan? But I started saying no. I nope. just said, no, man. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it no more because it's too many people dependent on me. So when we as black men understand that, you said it earlier, there's so many people are dependent on us, even though they're coming, up, uh, coming at us in all different kind of ways, I still have to be committed to my decision to say I'm moving forward I'm, and I'm moving past that person, man. Absolutely. And you bring up a great point. And something I just talked about recently was when you make a decision, 
let, let me let, let me let me back up. Your your new circle cannot exist in your old circle. I talk about that all the time. When you get ready to transition out and away from that person and those people, mm-hmm. your new people, your new sphere of influence and your old sphere of influence cannot coexist. Mm-hmm. It, you have to make a choice. Exactly. Okay. So when you make the choice, you say, okay, I'm going, I'm moving in this direction. It is no surprise because this is how the enemy works. It's no surprise that everybody from everywhere, from your past, your old thoughts, your old flames, your old boys, all this stuff starts coming up. Why? Because they want to keep you where you were. Oh man, come on. Right? They don't, they don't want you to move forward. Now the thing is, Unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that it's not purposeful or intentional on behalf of the individual. This is how the enemy works. He uses who's close to you. He uses your past. He uses your spouse. He uses your all these things because he knows what gets you wound up. Okay, so it's not them in terms of being intentional and being upset with them. This is the nature of how it works. When you start to to, to make that turn and you say, okay, I'm going to follow God or I'm going to walk in my path. I'm going to walk in my calling. I just want to be better than who I was. It is no surprise that all of that previous life Mm -hmm. comes back to try and get you and pull you back. Yes. Yes. Right. And so what and that's why the resolve to your point is so important. The consistency, the showing up every day, because every day you're going to have to face something that's going to make you want to go backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Want to turn you, you know? back your whole life. Yeah. Yes. And so when we talk about abuse, the one of the things that we have to understand is abuse may not be a choice your reaction is mm. true true right true. how you decide to deal with it is on you yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know and i think we have to put that more into the atmosphere in terms of that internal accountability is you know yeah i might not be able to I, it may not be up to me if in my job i'm being you know uh abused in terms of the subversive racial things and the undertones that we experience, right? Uh, it may not be up to me because of where I live and I can't currently move out of that because of socioeconomic issues, whatever that looks like. However, we talk about perception, bringing our conversation full circle. It is completely within my power to determine how I move against the things that are happening in my life. So true, yeah. So true, so true, yeah. Yeah, because you go back to the the analogy that um you know that I you know made reference to on your uh, podcast, man. If you make the decision to keep moving, man, you'll start seeing other colorful fish. You'll start seeing mm-hmm. the environment of the coral reefs changing. You'll start seeing the sunlight kind of beaming on that superficial layer of of of, of the newness that you're in, man. Mm-hmm. But if you decide to be stagnant, mm-hmm. you know that pond ain't gonna get <laughs> any more. <laughs> it's only gonna get darker. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. it's, it's only going right. to get darker, man. And a lot of times, man, as you said, the biggest, biggest first step is that accountable step. And being yeah. able to see yourself in the mirror as a black man and just realize, man, I may be that crumb in the cookie. I may be the bottom barrel. But the awareness, that's the, that's the word I was looking for. Being aware. Because a lot of times I think black men use 
our skin for for the wrong reasons and then like we use our skin for the right reasons you know and then the wrong reasons and the wrong ways we can use our skin is we'll say that well you know i'm black you know we ain't never had this anyway we ain't never uh uh nobody's never uh um motivated us in a way what what makes me different what makes you different is the fact that you are black dude so like <laughs> use yeah. that you're in yeah. instead of multiplying the stereotypical uh 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 responses that you may get mm-hmm. change the narrative a little bit man and realize that yeah. yeah you are where you are but yeah. that doesn't have yeah. to be where you end yeah. Absolutely. And if if life and death are in the power of the tongue, what people don't understand is when, when you hear that rhetoric and you're saying, oh, I'm never going to have this. I'm never going to have that. Oh, I'm black. Blah, blah, blah. Guess what? You you are creating your own reality. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. You're creating that. So the, re, the reality of the situation is if you change the way that you speak about your life, you will change the way that you begin to live your life. Mm-hmm. you know and i and i think that we have to encourage more people because it's it's hard and i'm not saying it's easy it'll never be easy right mm-hmm. but god said it wouldn't be easy you know what i'm saying but he did say it would be worth it yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know and, and i think that that's something that we have to understand is yeah we got dealt a slighted deck yes we are in an uphill battle however however we still control our destiny as individuals and as a collective if we would but just come together and understand that we can do great things it's not about insurrection it's not about chaos it's not about a coup d'etat it is about realizing that there is a life that can be lived that is a very high quality if we choose to do so Hey man, I think yeah. I'm, I'm liking where we were in the first part of this podcast and I'm liking where we are right now because now we have some solutions, man. And what you just said earlier, it all involves our choices. It involves our circle of, of influence that we have around us. And most of all, I'm hearing all this and it brought to my mind Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it, it involves a transformation of our mental, man. That's Good. Man. Renewed, right? Yeah. Right. You transport by the renewing of your mind. That's why my sign-off tagline is change the way we think, so change the way that we live. Right? Out of out of the mouth, the heart speaks. But before it gets to the heart, it starts in the mind. Yes. Yes. Right? It is how you think about it. It's how you perceive it. It's how you assimilate the information. That's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. So if you change the way that you think about yourself and your life, you will in turn. And, and psychology, guys, I have a psych degree. So psych- psychological president also backs up scripture and says, if you change how you think about everything that's going on, you will change how you deal with it. Come on. Yeah. Come on. And, and that, then you will change how you live it. Yeah, and that's what makes yeah. your circle of influence so important because when you're trying to change that that old man into this new man, when you're trying to allow the change, I put it like that, when you're trying to allow that change, you got to be careful about who's who's influencing you. You know, influencing your thought patterns, man. If you got, like you say, you still got those same old thought patterns, then you're trying to change something that basically is not going to be changed because you're still feeding yourself the same old diet, man. That's it. And the, and, and the untold reality of your sphere of influence is you will always be dragged down faster than you'll pull somebody else up 
Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. You, you always. So unfortunately, sometimes you really have to cut that tether. You've got to untie yourself, unanchor yourself from some, some certain people. And it's not that you're better than them, but this is the thing about growth. People only grow in two directions, together or apart. So if we're not growing together, we're growing apart. And I'm sorry, I love you, but I gotta keep going. That's it, that's it, that's it. Because you choose to stay here and I wanna move forward, man. You know, my pastor Ted told this story one time in a, in a sermon illustration. He said that this, this, this guy used to hang out at the saloon. And uh, the guys wanted to know, he had stopped hanging out at the saloon. And they said, man, where you been, bro? We ain't seen you in a while. And he said uh, he changed his hitching post. So sometimes, man, we have to change our hitching post and stop hitching up to the saloon and stop hitching up to some positivity, man. You know what I'm saying? That's it. If I keep That's going it. to the saloon, I'm saying that, you know, and you know this too. Sometimes when we go back to our old hoods, we still see some of them same old cats, man, still hanging on the corners, man. Same thing. The same old conversation, man. No, I got to move past it. And even if they do get upset with where I'm trying to go, well, maybe when I get there, then maybe I can come back and get you because I can't stay here and move forward at the same time. Well, and you bring up an interesting concept because in my former life and in a lot of things that happened, I was fortunate that I had guys from the street who recognized where I was going and kept me safe. Mm -hmm. When you find, to your point, you said that when you walk away and you get away and you have established something that maybe you can bring those people up, sometimes when a person recognizes and, and holds themselves accountable, right, they'll come to you because they realize that like what you were doing was the right thing. Yeah. However, yeah. the people who at your ascension continue to try and downplay or remove you from it, those people unfortunately will never be part of your future. So, right? And so the, the unfortunate thing from a, from a very sociological perspective is people are going to come in and out of your life in particular seasons. They're going to be people from, and, and the other side that I want everybody to be aware of is that it's not just about them. Okay, this is what I'm saying about people and seasons. Who you were at that time, those relationships worked, mm -hmm. right? So it is about you as well, because you can't walk away and then be like, "Oh, bro, you're not you're not moving how I'm moving." Don't forget that at one point you was moving the same way. Yeah, right. so at, that, at that time that relationship worked yes but if you're going to grow maybe not for your future mm -hmm. right but when you get and this is the thing that when you let's say we got this this stair step jonathan to your point right you got this stair step so at each place you have a plateau and you're moving you get here you move up you get here you move up so when you get to a new place people are going to come into your life in that moment because of where you are and who you are then, that relationship may work. However, when you ascend again, you're going to leave some people behind. So I need people to understand that at every moment of elevation, people are going to come in, people are going to get left, and people are going to come along. Right? And so the reason I bring that up is because I think we get too caught up in the leaving people behind portion.
and we get too caught up in the separation from individuals but realize this is part of your journey this is an evolutionary thing and just like with evolution there's going to be people who come and go stay leave that you leave behind that you bring with you and who arrive at different levels of your growth so be encouraged because as you see new individuals, as you experience new things, as you have new uh, relationships, that is a testament to you changing and moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he got me. Yeah, he got me. That's like a mic drop, right? Y'all can't see it, but I'm dropping it right now. Yeah, I'm dropping it right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause I like what wow. you said, man. And we, uh, hey, man. As much as I'm enjoying this, we can't kill our audience, man. But uh, what I wanted to say, man, is like you said about new, different seasons, man. And when you're in different seasons, you wear different clothing, man. I can't wear an overcoat in the summertime, man. If I do, I'm gonna look crazy. So it's sometimes in the seasons, what in my life that when I'm associating with certain people, man, it's just not adding up to where I am at this moment. You know what I'm saying? So what you said, I appreciate that analogy, man. That is so true, man. Uh, hey, Mr. Langland, Mr. Shazer, man, I, first of all, I want to say, man, we appreciate Thank you coming on to our platform for 2022, starting us out with this abuse yeah. and a black man. Yeah. I think we've said so much, man, that I usually go back and listen to podcasts, but I'm definitely going to probably have to hear this one twice. You know what I'm saying? Just, it's a lot. Some of the things that God has allowed us to elaborate on and and us coming up with symptoms and also trying to come up with solutions. Cause I think I've heard, I, I've talked, me and you talked off the air and I've also been talking with some guys just here lately, but it's a whole lot of talking being going on, but there's no solutions happening. And that's what we need. We need solutions, man. We need them now, not yesterday. And now, now. <laughs> yeah. no, and, and there's gotta be a willingness, you know, there's gotta be a willingness and, and that's, that's the hardest obstacle to overcome when we talk about solutions is a lot of us will agree, yes, oh yeah, we gotta do that, but who's gonna come with me? Yes, right. who's gonna come with me, exactly. All right, Nashville, we wanna thank you guys again for yeah. joining us, man. We, I feel like last year in August, we we started our podcast, we we shot out of a, of a, of a little uh, uh, Glock 22, and this this episode is a rocket. So, uh, Mr. Langley, <laughs> definitely, definitely started our uh, podcast off great, man. Started our year off great. Yes. Nashville, this has been um, an episode of the Body Mass Index of Abuse in a Black Man with Mr. Langley Shazer. And uh, Mr. Langley, we always provide our guests with one more uh, prominent opportunity to just tell that listening Black man that's going through his abuse right now whether it's verbal whether it be physical whether it be on the job in a relationship wherever tell that one black man that's listening to this episode today man give him one bit of little uh advice that's going to lead him not only throughout this monday morning but throughout the rest of this year as he uh tries to re uh shape reframe and rebrand who he is as a black man and just just give him a little bit to just get him moving throughout the rest of this year Oh man, thank you guys so much for, for allowing me to be here. Uh, this has been my pleasure and it's been so enjoyable and I, I look forward to you guys coming on my my podcast, Casual Word Radio, uh, among other things. And hopefully we can continue to do this and have conversations uh, because it doesn't stop here. Yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah, you know, to to the black man who's, who's working and trying to figure it out, uh, this this is the best advice that I could, I could, could give right off the top of my head. And that is 
keep walking, right? What, what I mean is, just like we talked about turning the corner on yourself, just like we talked about drawing that line in the sand, just like we talked about being able to building your, your new sphere of influence, none of that happens if you stand still. Mm-hmm. None of that happens if you accept your current condition as the status quo. Yes. None of that happens if you decide that you're not going to do anything but what you're doing. Yes. So for, for anyone listening to this and for anyone who's, who's struggling trying to get through something, the only way to get through it is to go through it. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep walking. got to keep walking. Man, I like that, man. Right. Again, Mr. Shazer, we appreciate your, 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 uh, the conversation that we've had. We appreciate you even agreeing to be on our podcast and the fact that we don't know you as a friend and kin, now I consider myself knowing you. So the next time you come on, I guess you'll fall into the realm of where we started at, friends and kin. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. With that being said, as we always say at the end of our shows, man, and we're going to start out in 2022 saying the same thing. Until next week, Nashville, it's a wrap. Black man, don't get trapped. Nashville again, this has been the Body Mass Index of Abuse and a Black Man with Mr. Langley Shazer. Check out his podcast and all of the uh, taglines. We'll make sure we put that in our um, posting of our episode for today. So make sure you look, you guys look on our Facebook page and our Instagram page, Black Man Vent 2 Podcast and then Black Man Vent underscore the number two on Instagram to check out just Mr. Langley Shazer and everything that he has going on. Man, yes. He's a Bristol, Virginia, again, native, but it seems, and I and pretty sure I believe to know that he's touched a lot of hearts and has done a lot with his service. So, mm-hmm. Mr. Lane Lachaise, again, we want to thank you, man. Um, Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can, and you came with what you can. We want to thank you guys for tuning in this Monday morning to the Black Man Vent 2 podcast. Good morning.